he had some sort of catchphrase. I don't remember what it what it oh. was. Live action. That's live what action. Yeah. Live action. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Halfway There cast. I'm Tyler. I'm Eric. We want to welcome you in today for our discussions on theology, pastor care, 80s hair metal, and everything under the sun. Hope all is well with everyone today. Eric, how are you doing today, brother? Uh, doing pretty good. Pretty good. Been a lot of activity the last few days. I'm kind of very tired after church and things, so um, looking forward to unwinding and talking with you with some uh, good topics tonight. Yeah, we got some good topics. I'm tired too tonight. I don't know. Is it the the cooler weather or what do you think it is? Because I am tired tonight. It's, it's getting darker sooner. And, yeah. uh, you know, me staying out till 1230 last night didn't help either. And then preaching today. So, yeah, that's the way it goes. And we're well, old. We're getting we older. Are, we're getting older. And I think that has a lot to do with it. It's just, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'll snuggled up here in a, a fleece shirt. <laughs> good and warm here tonight but something happened this week we were on our way to church wednesday night and our daughter my daughter she likes to listen to our podcast she's 11 and she wanted to Hello, play ellie. something yeah ellie <laughs> she wants to she wanted to play something on the radio in the car so i hooked the phone up there and handed it to her and then i heard the theme music of the uh halfway there cast begin to play my wife rolled her eyes a little bit and I noticed, though, the speed wasn't what it should be. It was a, quite a bit faster. So I kind of said, well, why are you playing this faster than it's supposed to be? Is that how you listen to it? She said no, and she just thought she was hilarious. Well, then it was the episode about the corn maze. She turned it down to half speed, and it may have been the funniest thing that I had listened to in a long time. My wife was cracking up. I was cracking up. I almost had to pull the car, car over because I was just losing my breath i was laughing so hard i immediately texted you and told you to listen to it did you get to listen i absolutely did i was doing my uh daily walking yesterday and was listening to the corn maze episode on half speed and <laughs> about could not catch my breath because i was laughing so hard so <laughs> we have found a way to make the halfway there cast it even better listen to yeah. us at half speed listen to us at half speed now i understand that it'll take twice as long to get through a podcast if you do that but you know maybe maybe not our biblical segments probably shouldn't listen to those at half speed but the more comical ones probably pretty funny and i'll tell you what we'll do just so everyone can get a little taste of it we'll insert i don't know 10 or 15 seconds it'll probably take us that long to get through a word at half speed for the listeners to listen to in this episode then they can go check it out on their own i think it's pretty easy in the different podcast apps to either speed it up or slow it down isn't it yeah the ones i've seen it's pretty easy so you know yours may just say 0.5 just turn it down there and let it go for a few minutes and listen to us talk about corn <laughs> it was pretty funny it was so funny because of what we were talking about it was just it was just almost insanity oh goodness well let, let, let's give them a, a taste of it right here yeah some old guy, older guy, comes to the door. He's like, what do you, what do you kids want? Kind of a thing. And we're like, we're here for the corn maze, sir. And um, he gives us, I guess we give him some money and he gives us some glow sticks and tells us the to have at it and then so here we are we're just by ourselves uh at midnight or whenever it was in a random corn maze <laughs> we're we thought that was a good idea for for some reason, and our okay, we're back from that. That was good <laughs> stuff, Eric. Good stuff. Yes, it was. 
Yeah, I know, right? Me laughing. Those are classics. One more thing funny that we've noticed about our podcast. So, again, we like to let people in the kitchen to see how the hamburger's made. So, one thing that we do is we record our podcast on Zoom. And so, because me and you are far away from each other, and it's just the easiest way and the most cost-efficient way to do that. So, we Zoom each other. We record it. And so then Zoom will upload that and send us an email with the upload of the podcast. And then we have to, of course, download the video version and, of course, the audio version. But one thing that I guess it is AI that is associated with Zoom and what it does is it gives descriptions of segments of our podcast. And I've made it the habit to read those descriptions and usually send them to you. And they are hilarious. Yeah, there's nothing like artificial intelligence trying to decipher what you and I are talking about and <laughs> trying to figure out our senses of humor. Uh, pr- pretty comical and how it does it. Do you have any examples pulled up there? I have two, and probably from our most controversial episode on but, it. Yeah, l- Bucky's. Well, Bucky's. Oh, okay. Yeah, here we go. Well, let, so, let, let, let me set this up just a little more. So I guess the AI tries to analyze what we're saying somehow and takes it all in and then spits out a, a description of it. So this is all, this is complete machinery doing this. Yeah. And I like how they know our names, Tyler and Eric. And it causes the guys sometimes. Right. It? Yeah, it does. So, <laughs> all right. So the title of this segment is now, again, this is talk. We were talking about Bucky's is Buck's chain, a beaver's journey. <laughs> Here we go. Tyler and Eric kicked off their podcast by discussing the popularity of Buck's, a chain that has recently expanded in their area. They shared their personal experiences visiting different locations, and T- Tyler provided a history of the chain, which was founded in 1982 by Arch Beaver Alpin III. Named after the founder, the chain's mascot is a beaver, and its stores offer a variety of goods and service- services. They also mentioned the company's plan to expand into several new states uh, we did say all those things during the podcast we, we did that was very uh, specific but it was very specific let's look at another one from that same episode this was again more controversy from that episode pink floyd and dark side of the moon and the wizard of oz we again had a disagreement on that and this is the at the 28 minute mark of this episode that episode the description pink floyd's dark side <laughs> Wizard of Oz synchronism. Eric and Tyler discussed a unique way to experience the Pink Floyd album, Dark Side of the Moon, and The Wizard of Oz. Eric explained that Ali Mahanka had shown him how to align the music with the movie in a synchronized experience. Tyler noted that Eric used it to impress newcomers by showing them this pairing, and Eric confirmed this even though he had never taken drugs. The the conversation also involved some debate over whether this alignment was deliberate or coincidence. Pretty good. Pretty good. It it got in there. The things we talked about, maybe not the way we said it, but it was in there. It was in there. Right. It was in there. It's just really funny to, to see how AI will try to describe those things. And even some of our older episodes, it was a lot more funny and almost really nonsensical. Some of the things that they were saying about what we were saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it's always funny when you send those to me. Uh, it, it's funny. I don't know. We're just kind of hard to describe anyway. <laughs> we're, we're like extroverted in, introverts or something. Right. Right. Uh, we, we've been described before. So you know what will be really interesting? What's that? Is how will the AI describe us describing the AI describing our episodes? Ooh, I wonder if it'll say like use personal pronouns like me, like Tyler and Eric were talking about me. <laughs> that like would if be it, if it's becoming so whoa, whoa, that would. Uh, I don't know how I could, I don't know if I could handle that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness! Speaking of AI. AI is, of course, something taking the world by storm. What's the big app everyone's using? 
chat chat gpt chat gpt and basically i don't don't know what that stands for but that's what it is do you know how it works because i i've never messed with it yeah i have the app on my phone (laughs) oh gosh okay Uh, so it's uh actually mine is called poe poe i don't know if it's the same thing as chat gpt or not but like you literally just text it like you would a person whatever you want it to do and it'll do it. It's, it's pretty crazy. Really? So yeah. like if I had Poe, I could just text it. Hey, Poe, give well, me directions on how to fix my carburetor on my lawnmower. I know that was really random. Yes, <laughs> just... it, it'll do that. Let, let me give you one. I'm going to type this in right now. It gets even more specific than that. I'm telling Poe here, or Chat GPT, I don't know what it is. Write a sermon in the style of John MacArthur on Romans 7 1. And we'll just see what it says. Okay. All right. Already it's it's put out quite a bit of information here. And here's how it starts off. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, today I stand before you to expound upon the profound truths contained in the book of Romans, specifically Romans 7.1. This verse, penned by the Apostle Paul under the divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit, holds within it a wealth of spiritual insight, practical wisdom for believers in every generation. And it has a whole sermon here, and you can make it as specific as you want. If you don't like the way it said it, you can say, make this more friendly sounding and give me three points and some application. Wow. It'll do that. So it'll do that as far as and I'm just, I'm using the sermon because you and I both are, are pastors, right. but just, just about anything you could think of, it'll do it. And you can adjust it however you want. It's, it's pretty crazy. Wow. Well, you just gave me the mega transition that we're looking for the role of AI in ministry. <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. So, wow, that's a bit scary to me, just to be honest with you. It it is. It is scary. And I've played around with it before, and you can, just with the sermon part, and let it be known that that I don't get my sermons from this. I, I, I wouldn't do that, but just to see what it's capable of doing. And you can put it in the style of Paul Washer or or whatever, and... You can get the most random verse you can find in scripture. Say, give me three points on that. Say, this will be preached to a congregation of a hundred people in Kansas City, Missouri, and mm-hmm. it'll tailor everything right down to it. I mean, it's it's very crazy. Wow. Well, we use AI to edit our podcast. I mean, to take out a lot of the nonsensical language we use and... Yeah some things like that to break down our videos and we use it for that, but it almost seems like that you can go too far with how you would use that in ministry. Would you agree? Yeah. uh, I've heard people complain before about their pastors air quote, getting their sermons off of the internet and things. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, this is even a step beyond that because you can make this sound like your own, sound different from anything else, and you're the only one that has it. And so some people, this can take a lot of the work away from a lot of what you're doing, and you don't have to put much into it at all. Yeah, and am I wrong or am I right? There used to be a place to like buy sermons, right? Yeah, it seems like there's something called Sermon Central or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. You could buy someone's manuscript or something like that and then yeah. ultimately preach that, I guess. Yeah. But this is certainly this is a step further where you're not having to do that and you can even say this is my own. It's not plagiarism. This is this is almost beyond that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's dangerous because I mean, I understand that it is AI. But even with it being AI, it's not going to be neutral. There is going to be some sort of presupposition 
whether the one that made it or the program or something, there's going to be some sort of presupposition. I was looking at Twitter or X. I guess it's not Twitter anymore. X. I have a hard time calling it X. I, I do too. I don't. I feel like no one knows what I'm talking about. I was looking at that the other day, and a guy I forget, Josh Dolls, maybe I think was his name. I don't remember, but he asked AI, and I don't know what app. I, I'm not real familiar with it, but to write a paper on male headship, and the response that I, AI gave him was. I can't do this because of gender equality, so on and so forth. Well, then he asked it to write a letter about female headship and it's a a beautiful letter about (laughs) female headship. So there is a, there is a presupposition built into a lot of these programs. Right. And even though it's artificial intelligence, it's programmed by somebody. Right. And somewhere along the way. And I know it has, access to the internet to, you know, encompass and look at everything that's on the internet, but somebody somewhere has had to do this. So it has to have a presupposition uh, with that. The very first experience I had with it, with the the chat thing, when it first started coming out, I decided to debate it one night. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, you just, I I did. I I was like, Hey, yeah, we're, we're going for this here. What did that look like? It actually did pretty good. I, I, I believe, if I remember correctly, the debate that I had with it was on evolution and things like that. And I wish I could remember all the specifics, but it gave some pretty good answers. But it did get to a point where it was kind of circular in its reasoning and, and it wasn't okay. able to, to go any further. So I do feel like it was stumped at that point. But the thing is, as time goes on and more people chat or talk to it, it's supposed to get smarter and smarter. Um, So so I I guess maybe I called it in its early stages or something. (laughs) So it's the more we talk to it, the more we use it, it kind of grows, I guess you could say grows in its intelligence. I, I don't even really know what to call that. Yeah. Takes in more information and stores that information, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, now you've jogged a memory. That's what actually got me started on it because I read an article about some people who were developing the system or something and they were saying it had become self-aware and it started Mm -hmm. saying it wanted to be out of the matrix or whatever (laughs) it is. And just, you know, freaky stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's supposed to just get smarter and smarter. Let, Let me give you one more example here. Just to, just one that's not ministry related here. I told uh, Poe here, help me convince my Christian parents to get me a phone in two sentences. Okay. This ought to be good. I want to hear this. Okay. Parents having a phone would enable me to stay connected with you, share important updates, and ensure my safety in today's digital world. It would also provide an opportunity to explore and strengthen my faith through faith-based apps and resources. If you could see my face now, listeners. It's stressed. <laughs> so, wow. So yeah, so you can have teenagers or whoever, if they're wanting something or wanting to do something, give me a way to get this done. Wow. That's yeah. a dangerous thing. It very well could be, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Maybe we so, need to ask ask Poe how to get us more listeners. <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> do that here. Yeah. Um, okay. That's interesting. I mean, it seems just that it has an answer for everything. That kind of blows my mind a little bit. I'm almost caught speechless. I did see while you're doing that on a football game last week. I think it was the San Diego or the LA Chargers. They're the LA Chargers now. They had robots oh, yeah. at the game. Did you see that? I did. That was that's, weird. And they sat there and they didn't cheer. They didn't do anything. They just sat there the whole game. Well, I, I think we broke the system by asking it this. I said, how do I get more podcast lists? No, no, here, here it goes. Here it goes. All right, it's giving me a big, wow. It's giving me big, four. Big spill, five. Huh? Yeah, let, let me just hit the high points here. We need to optimize our podcast title and description. Well, and, that, see, that's what Zoom's trying to do for us, but it's not working. 
We need to. Oh, this one I think is speaking to me directly here. It says that we need to enhance our podcast cover art. (laughs) (laughs) So if you have bad podcast cover art, and then, of course, we're doing number three publish high quality, engaging content. Of course, right. I mean, look at us right now. Yeah. Collaborate with other podcasters. Man, it has given me a 10 point thing here. Wow. Okay. But it reminds us at the end that growing our podcast listenership takes time and consistency. So stay. Committed. Well, there you go. So we just need to we need to just stick with it. Nonetheless, that's just and, what we need to do. And get better cover art. Apparently, yeah, get better cover art and stick with it. That's interesting. Uh, I mean, we're we're working on a budget here. Actually, no budget. <laughs> we are in the hole. We're doing the best we can. <laughs> So, so what does this what does this look like for ministry? Like, like what do you think? <laughs> how is this going to be used? Oh, it and- worries me. I think it'll be abused. I, I mean, I, I think that it will be abused. I think what you'll have is you will have people that will. I mean, I mean, clearly, and what I've heard, and I've 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 listened to some Todd some podcast about this, and read some things about this and it, what everyone says is the, the way that like, if you ask it to write a sermon, they sound really good. They're very eloquent. The language is just perfect. The grammar is perfect, but the, the content is not right. It's just off a little. So I think what you end up happening, you will end up have people that, call them false teachers or whatever you will, that will abuse this system just like they do every other system in Christianity and will have the appearance of great preachers because of the eloquent eloquency of uh, their sermons and things of that nature and the directness and the clarity and all these things that are coming from an AI bot. And so, and I mean, can you imagine, I mean, it literally took 10 seconds to produce a whole sermon yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I think I've gotten really specific with it before even like write a 3000 word manuscript kind of a, a thing like mm-hmm. that. But imagine maybe how this can be used with there are several churches. Well, I don't know about several. There are some churches now that do the thing where they have multiple campuses mm-hmm. and one guy preaches and they just live stream it everywhere else. Well, what if eventually those churches decide to have an AI pastor a digital pastor just on on the screen and they're saying hey you know the sermons are, are biblical we're just going to do that mm-hmm. uh, and, and that, that could be a possibility yeah and even like the the christian literature writing books i mean that's write a book on anything really quick sounds like yeah call it yours publish it and and i don't guess anyone would ever really know would they well, I I don't guess so. Yeah, there was somebody I, I saw the other day, or two people that collaborated together with AI and wrote a song together. I, okay. I, I guess they're popular. I don't I don't know the popular people, but they were told that it was eligible for a Grammy because, you know, they're the ones that made it happen. I, I guess was the stance on it. So so wow. now m- music is being produced. That's that people aren't producing. It's just, just the machine. That can't last. That, that's that, that can't be sustainable. Can it? Well, seen, I've seen <laughs> t- too many movies that, <laughs> you know, th- this is what movies have been about for like 30 years. Uh, I know stuff like this. And now well, here I mean, it is. Terminator takes over the whole world, right? There you go. And, and <laughs> we're literally saying, Hey, you know, we're going to just <laughs> invite it in. Let it happen. Gosh, well, I mean, like I said, I I worry about AI being used in ministry. I worry about the sheep not being truly fed from a pastor. I worry about those things. I feel like it's another form of something, and you know, even just a form of something that is taking the place of the true preaching of the word. Yeah, and it could go one of two ways. 30 years from now, somebody can pull this podcast up and be like, listen to these guys. And they didn't know what they were talking about. Kind of like somebody today going back to 1990 and somebody talking about the internets or something. Uh, like, right. Oh, the internet's the devil. 
Right. But, but, yeah, but this, this is, and, and anything can be mis, misused and, and abused, but man, this has so much potential for abuse and, and malpractice here. I mean, there's, I, there's surely good that can be, that can come from it. But as far as ministry, I, I don't see a ton of upside with it. Yeah. And I hopefully, some Christians a lot smarter than me can figure out how to redeem this. And that's kind of what we're called to do as Christians. We're, we're called to take new technologies and things like that and, and find the redeeming qualities in them and then ultimately use those things for God's glory. Hopefully someone a lot smarter me, than me can do that. Some of them young kids, I'm just, I don't know. I'm not there. I'm, I don't even type out my sermons. I use a pen and a paper. So I'm, I'm a long way from chat GPT. Yeah. Oh, well, the main thing is don't preachers out there. Don't get your sermons from AI. I mean, put yeah. you're, you're called to at least put that effort into it. I mean, there are, it's true to work smarter, not harder in so many things in life, but you ultimately, you've got to put that work in to dig God's word and give that to the people. And I, I guess I can see where you could use that to get information maybe as a, almost as a quick search engine, maybe uh, I, I could see, is it work like that? Yeah. And I, I guess that's what it is in a lot of ways, yeah. but the thing that's new with a search engine just tells you what's already out there. Mm-hmm. This is, is that plus it produces something new. Would gotcha. be the, the difference. Because as Christians, as preachers, we don't say anything new. If we're saying something new, we're probably in heresy. Uh, We're saying ancient things that have been said before us. So a lot of the work we do, we look at those things that have been said before us. But this isn't that, I don't think. No, this goes beyond that. But yeah, I I don't know. It's right now where it's in its infancy. Mm -hmm. Don't really know how to take it. It can be useful for a lot of things, but I, I don't think asking it to write your sermons for you or your Sunday school lessons is, is one of those. Right. Right. Well, you mentioned, I think on the last podcast, a time that you had banjo lessons with banjo Neil. Yes, I did. And maybe an experience with the one and only turtle man. (laughs) Well, (laughs) here's, here's what happened. Um, I love when I love when you say here's what happened because I know it's going to be good. Well, I, my dad <laughs> always wanted to learn how to play banjo. Yeah, and he had a banjo and had it fixed up, but didn't never did learn how to play it. And w- when he passed away, I got his banjo. I didn't know how to play it. I, I'd always played guitar, and don't really know. I, I decided I was going to play banjo a little bit and just try to learn maybe a few songs anyway. And I don't even remember how it happened. I guess maybe it was a Facebook page for Banjo Neil. And what, what was that called? Was it Call of the Wild? Was that the name of the show? It seems like it was. I think so, yeah. I think it was. It, were you a big Turtle Man guy? Like, Did you watch I, that show? I've never watched it in my life. Oh, my goodness. Now, where's he from? Well, Turtle Man is from... Not too far from where I live, maybe like 45 minutes or an hour. That's what I thought. But Banjo Neal apparently lived in the same county as me. Okay. So, so somehow I got connected with him on Facebook. That's a crazy I thing. Was, I was just like, hey, Banjo Neal, <laughs> you know, since we live in the same county, do you know anybody that gives banjo lessons? I, I mm-hmm. kind of like, like to learn. And he's like, hey. Why don't you come on over to the house and and I'll give you a banjo lesson? I was like, okay, banjo Neil. So, <laughs> so he, he so he, he gives me his address, and next thing you know, I'm there. Him and he and his wife are unloading groceries or something, and I'm over there and I take this banjo that I could not get to keep a tune or anything. Like like I couldn't work it at all. And we sit down in his living room and he just picks it up and starts like he does a few things. He's left-handed. This okay. is a right, a right-handed banjo. 
So I don't remember if he's playing it upside down or turned it the other way. What? But he's he's making that thing play, and so he he shows me how to play. I'll fly away. Okay. And with the uh, with the bum ditty strum is what he called it, and so <laughs> so we had a good uh, good conversation there, and so. Next thing you know, me and Banjo Neal are, are, are buddies, and I've I took off. I learned how to play Cripple Creek um, <laughs> on it. Started learning how to play Rocky Top on the banjo, but you know, I've past couple years I've not not picked it up. So, how many lessons did you have with Banjo Neal? Well, all you need with Banjo Neal is one lesson. So you had one lesson. I had one lesson, and he showed me, and he made me promise. And he's passed away now, by the way. Yeah, and so, I didn't know that. I just now remembered the promise that I made him that <laughs> if, if he taught me how to play that day, that I would continue to play. Oh, well, and I, and I said, okay, banjo, Neil, and, <laughs> you better uh, pick the banjo back up. Yep. So, and if you, if you've not, if you don't know banjo, Neil, like, do you know what he looks like or anything? No idea. Oh man. I'm going to uh, Google him right now. Google him right now. And he, he looks like his name would be Banjo Neal. And the the name, one of the, the big highways up here near where I live, it's called like the Banjo Neal Memorial Highway or something. Now. Really? Yeah, he's a well, turtle man and, okay. he, and Banjo Neal, they were big time there for a few years. Yeah, he died at 55 on February 2nd, 2019. Saw him later on, years later after that, in a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> A lot of your life revolves around the Chinese restaurant. That's what I'm figuring out. But uh, yeah, he he wasn't doing very well that day. His his health was declining, but he still made time to take pictures with my daughter. uh, Yeah, he he definitely looks like a banjo, Neil. You have got to watch that show. Well, talk to me about it a little bit, because I I know what the turtle man looks like. (laughs) And I mean, he was somewhat of a a local phenomenon because he's oh, from here in Kentucky, central Kentucky. And I, I just never, I never got into the, he kind of came out the same time that the Robertsons came out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, they and, were all, that, that was a, a high point in TV. <laughs> those few years there. A, a high point in American cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of did what the, the crocodile guys did. Except with turtles, is that is that what he did? <laughs> Except with turtles, yeah. He, uh, I mean, he would. He had some sort of catchphrase. I don't remember what it what it oh, was. I I've uh, heard people say. I'll look it up. You just yeah, keep going. E ye ye or something. I don't remember. Yeah. But, but he would um, like those big snapping turtles or whatever. Like if you had one on your property, he would come get it, and like he was just he didn't care at all. He would dive in the mud pit or whatever. I think it came out. There was one episode where some sort of swimming pool, I think that was close to here, had, I don't know if it had snakes in it or what, but they had him to come over and do something. And I think he ended up that when they said it was staged. So his show kind of went downhill after that. <laughs> Live action. That's Live what action. Yeah. Live action. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's like a... <laughs> <laughs> Live action, absolutely, yeah. yeah. yeah and then so action. Banjo Neal was the sidekick. Okay, he would have a banjo with him, of course, and it's the play. name Banjo. Yes, Neal. there you go. That'd be <laughs> like me being podcast Eric or something. So podcast Eric and podcast Tyler. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, the name the movie the name of the show was Call of the Wild Man. Call of the oh. Wild Man, and actually, I think it was centered around that noise that he makes when he says live action. That was the call of the wild man. And he now, was, y- you've got to look up a few episodes. You have YouTube TV now. You sure. talked me into it. Sure. We had, we had a conversation after the podcast last week <laughs> and you talked me into it and I got YouTube TV. So I'll have to, I'll have to find call of the wild man on YouTube TV and me and my daughter. Is it, it's family friendly. Correct? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. It, I'll it's, make, it's, it's good. I'll make Ellie sit down and watch it with me and we'll, We'll see what she thinks about it. Ellie I'll, would would love it because she has a good sense of humor. She knows yeah. what's funny. I'll uh, I will give a report on the next episode. I'll open the next episode with the report of Call of the Wild Man. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> right. But I, my, my big regret is I didn't have him to sign the banjo. I wish I would have. Uh, yeah, yeah, you should have. Or your Chinese napkin. 
<laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, play. Uh, I'll fly away now because you've of Banjo Neal. You've met a lot of famous people. I, I guess I have. I guess I yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good story, and I'm I'm interested now. I'm more interested in looking up Turtle Man and watching a few episodes than I am trying to get a sermon off of AI. So that's good. <laughs> uh, but our last topic tonight that we want to talk about and again we like to finish up with something a little more serious but just kind of pose a question and and as we kind of text back and forth about this this week we kind of said we'll we'll answer this two different ways question being who should be baptized now first we're baptist we so are. We we're not Presbyterian or Catholic. We're we we believe in when someone is converted that they are baptized. They are immersed in water. So, I mean, and we're not really here to debate that necessarily. Do you have anything you want to say about along the lines of credo and pedo baptism? Well, just other people have a right to be wrong is how <laughs> I look at that. And th- this yeah. that's one of the few things I disagree with with our R.C. Sproul. R.C. Sproul. Of course, he baptizes children as a sign right. of the covenant, and right. you and I baptize as a sign of the gospel picture of the gospel and salvation. Right. And again, yeah, that that hurts my feelings that he's that way. And, but it is what it is. We could still be brothers and believe that, but mainly kind of the way we want to deal with this question tonight is, is more in our practice as Baptist pastors. I can say confidently that my view on this has changed a little bit in the last five years. Oh, Oh, (laughs) controversy. No, it's not controversial at all. Just (laughs) maybe just a little softer than I used to be. I guess I can say in that regards, Uh, just kind of Eric go through, let's say you're at church next Sunday and someone comes to the front and they say, brother Eric, I would like to be baptized. The way I handle that is I say, wonderful. After the service, let's go talk in a in a room and just you know get away from the people here and have time for you to kind of tell me what's on your heart and what you're going through and why you've decided to say this today and take that as an opportunity to talk to them and show them what scripture says. And and I take it from there. And that's that's happened multiple times through the years. And sometimes people decide to not be baptized after talking with me. Sometimes they do. So, but I always want to make sure to do that because that always goes back to when I was seven, eight years old and I was baptized, but in my view, I technically wasn't baptized, but I was baptized because I had repeated a prayer and I had, I didn't understand any of it didn't know what was going on. All I knew was I was getting put in the water and it was a big deal. And next thing I know, I'm a church member and I was a lost church member for 14 years. I didn't understand the gospel, didn't understand what had gone on. So because that's my background, I don't want anybody else to have to go through that. So I always make sure to spend time and talk to people and help them to know what they're getting into. And a lot of my experience as well is the same as yours and ultimately has formed my practice in that as well, which is, it's very similar to yours. I think that baptism is one of the most misunderstood practices that the church does in Baptist life. And I'm saying that from experience as a pastor, I've had multiple people ask me to be baptized again thinking that maybe they have fell into some sort of sin or sins or a sinful lifestyle and thinking that a rebaptism is what needs to happen again like any like you said in your your experience as well i've had people come up to me asking to be baptized then after a conversation maybe hit the brakes on that a little bit and even in my own experience like you said i was put, put into water at an early age 
and not understanding the gospel, not even believing the gospel, and living with a false assurance for 15 years. So we this is something we have to get right as as pastors, and I think it's something we need to approach with a reverence, maybe. Is that a good way to say that? Yeah, it's it's important for, for sure, and it's our responsibility before God who's who's baptized, who's not, how it's done. I mean, we're going to be accountable for for all that, so it's not something you want to approach lightly. You mentioned earlier about R.C. Sproul and how we could still be brothers with him. This is an issue. This is not, a, I mean, it is a gospel issue, but it, this is like a second-tier thing where it's really important and if you have a different view on baptism than your church does you probably won't fit in very well with the church right but that doesn't mean opposing sides are are lost or anything you this isn't what determines your salvation but it is still very important because of of what it shows it shows the gospel so it's not like it's just whatever at the same time it's not like you're going to lose your salvation if you sprinkle somebody instead of putting them in the water. Yep. So I'm going to ask a couple hard questions. Okay. You ready for that? And, and here's what we don't do with our hard questions that we probably should do. We don't rehearse them. This, <laughs> so, this is live action. That's what this, this is. This is yee, 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 live action. Um, <laughs> so first question, what age do you baptize someone? I baptize them at the age that they understand the gospel and trust in Jesus and turn from sin. If, if that's younger, I'm okay with that. And if it's older, I'm okay with that. That's, that's different from a kid at youth camp, raising their hand and repeating a prayer. That's not what we're talking about. If, if someone genuinely understands the gospel you know, based on the the work of God in in their life, that doesn't that's not restricted to an age. So that's the main thing, though. It has to be in relation to the gospel and their understanding of the gospel. Yeah, and that's that's the at the point that I that I spoke earlier that I've changed on. Really, before I came a pastor, I was kind of strict with an age. I was thinking, well, this person needs to be a little more mature. They need to be able to have their bearings about some things. And the caution was because of what I'd been through in my own experience. But then when I became a pastor and had a, you know, I don't know the age, but a younger girl come up front and me and her begin to have a conversation and talk about things and realizing she understood the gospel better than most adults that I knew and really saw a brokenness for sin. Then I kind of was like, well, okay. I just need to let the gospel work here instead of me putting, you know, restrictions on all these things. But, you know, again, I'm, I'm like you, well, we have a practice at church that we do. If, if someone comes forward that we have about a month process, usually before we'll get them in water, kind of a put together a discipleship plan with their parents. If their parents are in church, if it's a child and kind of work with them through some things. Always want to be sure they understand what baptism is to the best of their ability, because I think a lot of people don't. And just want to be cautious that they understand. Because ultimately, baptism is not the thing saving them. The gospel is. Uh, Baptism is a sign, and so it's an act of obedience. And so we're not keeping people out of heaven by not baptizing them, but we're being sure that they're uh, walking the path to heaven. I guess you could say it that way. Right. Ever since the first person I baptized, before I baptized them, I printed up a paper front and back. I tried to answer as many questions as I could about what baptism was. I gave that to them to take home, to look over. And I've kept that practice ever since that I always give that to the person and want them to look over it. If it's a kid, you know, talk about it with your parents and then come back to me and we'll talk about uh, what it says. Now just know it's, it's basic things like, you know, what is baptism? What are some misunderstandings of baptism? The way that 
you're baptized, who qualifies for it, things like that. So I, I've tried very hard before anybody has ever been baptized to make sure that they know what they're getting into mm-hmm. uh, b- before they get in those baptismal waters. Right. And I, we, we're I'm the same way. I have a packet that I send home and I'll always have the person uh, give a testimony before the day of. And a lot of times, and it isn't nothing, I mean, nothing brilliant, nothing amazing it can be very simple in a sentence, but nonetheless, you're, you're publicly proclaiming the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus in your life in the baptism. So you should be able to do that verbally as well. It's kind of the way I look at it, but that's, that's been a good thing for us at church and kind of, and, and really, I don't think that anyone's kind of backed off from that. You know what I mean? When that's happened, they say, okay, yeah, we understand that's what we need to do. But uh, it's it's interesting. Second question I want to ask you, and I want to look at a piece of scripture, Acts chapter eight. Of course, you have Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, and in Acts chapter eight, verse thirty six, it says, "And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized?'" And and he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, and Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And they came out of the water, and the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more. All right. So a lot of people will read that scripture, and they will use that scripture to justify something called spontaneous baptism. And ultimately what that is, a church would basically say something like, we're going to be baptizing people today. If you want to be baptized, and it's different at other places, maybe they'll say, you just come forward and you can be baptized. Maybe some bigger churches will say, get online and fill out a card or something like that, and you can be baptized. But nonetheless, we're opening the waters. Philip, the Ethiopian eunuch, they saw water. They baptized immediately. That's what we're going to do today. What do you think about that? Well, I have two thoughts on that. One, not everything in Scripture is a prescription it could just be a description describing that's what happened at that time that day mm-hmm. not not necessarily saying this is exactly what you do in in the practice within the, the local church or anything like that so just be careful about making everything a prescription instead right. of just reading that but but the other thing on or with that that we've got to consider is the the context in that time, if you said you were going to be a Christian and you publicly identified as a Christian, you could very well lose your life. You yeah. could die. And if somebody then was willing to say, yeah, I'm willing to give my life for this. I'm willing to publicly say I'm following Jesus. Hey, if somebody says that, then they must be pretty serious. Now, we're not necessarily in that context today we're more so in a culture where a lot of that's a social thing or my buddy got baptized at camp. I want to be baptized too. my friends going forward. I want to do it too. I want to be on the church roll at the same place. My mom and dad were kind of a thing. It's, it's a different thing that that's not saying that anybody today that wants to be baptized is, disingenuine or anything like that that's just saying back then if somebody stood up and said i'm following jesus publicly then you knew that they meant business back then because they could have lost their life for it Mm, yeah kind of along those same lines i don't know if you saw this article this was september 13th so this is a couple days ago hundreds of students baptized after unite auburn worship service auburn university in auburn alabama Auburn University senior Michael Floyd said he will never forget what happened and witnessed on campus Tuesday night. I don't know why he had to bring this up. I've seen Auburn basketball beat Kentucky. That was unnecessary. That was in the article. uh, Yes. I've I've seen Auburn football beat Alabama, but I've never seen anything like this. Thousands packed the Neville Arena for a night of worship. When it was ended, one student wanted to be baptized. Without a tub, crowds started gathering at the lake at Auburn's Red Barn where roughly 200 people ultimately gave their lives to Christ. Even Auburn football coach Euphrees got in the water to help. 
So basically one person wanted to be baptized. They ended up baptizing over 200 people there at the lake from one night of service at the Auburn Unite event in the Neville arena. I'm going to be a stick in the mud here. <laughs> don't, don't do that. You're, yeah. you're not a church. It's, right. It needs to be done within the context of your church. And there, there's no, don't be going off and having a rogue baptisms by, you know, whoever and, and wherever it needs to be done within the church. That's not meaning within a church building, but within the care of a church under, under a pastor with a church family that's willing to come alongside you and disciple you do it like that. Don't, it's not something you just kind of do on your own and then go on about it. So bab, baptisms like that, don't do that. If you take a trip to Israel, don't go get oh, baptized. In the, in the Jordan River. You're, you're not getting oh, baptized. Nothing. I, I mean, I hate to say frustrates me, but nothing get, gets under my skin more when I see Facebook posts about people being baptized in the Jordan River. Yeah. Don't, uh, that don't are Christians. That. It's uh, it's unnecessary. It's silly. It's not real baptism either. Right. It's, it, it's, it's, it's no different than Luther when he went to Rome and he climbed up the steps and he got to the top of the steps and he thought, well, I wonder if that worked or not. I mean, it's the same thing that the Catholic church was doing in the 1500s. It's just silliness. I mean, I can't tell you how many people that I, that I know outside of church, they know that I'm a pastor that will come up to me and say, Hey, I need you to baptize me. And whether they're non and they're non-Christians, they're non-church goers. And that's always a hard conversation to have with them to let them understand, well, that's just not the way that works. Right. <laughs> and, and I think what you said there is so important that uh, even, and I, I kind of teed it up for you with that article. I knew what you were going to say that baptism is an ordinance given to the church. It's a means of grace given to the church. And that must happen within the confines of the care of the local church. And to to be baptized outside of that is defeating the whole purpose of what baptism is. Yeah, because baptism is, biblically, it's a one-time thing. The Lord's Supper is the ongoing ordinance. That's the thing yep. that you do until Jesus comes again. But baptism is what you do at the beginning of your walk with Christ as a way to publicly profess that you're following after Jesus, that you have identified in his death, burial, and resurrection. And that's why we put people all the way in the water, under the water, to symbolize (laughs) the burial of Jesus. And then they're raised to walk in newness of life. And and you don't just, you know, get together with some buddies one day and say, hey, let's... (laughs) Let's all baptize each other. Let's baptize. Do you think... Did we baptize each other in your pool at your house? You reckon? Uh, who knows? I, I wouldn't put it past us. <laughs> you think that. at uh, you think at Sunday night snack the church event we were <laughs> we baptized people in the pool? <laughs> uh, we, uh, we we may have very well done that. Uh, I don't know. W- wouldn't put it past us. Hey, oh, now, let, let me ask you something here. Ask me. Um, you. You and I both were quote unquote baptized as young people before we yeah. were saved. Yeah. After you were saved, did you get baptized? I'm not saying rebaptized or anything or how, tell me how, how you're looking at it. Did you get baptized at that point? And if so, what do you call that? And if not, why not? Okay. Yes, I did. I was baptized again. <laughs> I guess you, I don't know really. Again, I don't know what to call that. I, I, here's what I call it. I call it the first time when I was lit, when I was young, I was getting wet. <laughs> That's what I was doing. I was just getting wet. I was <laughs> getting dunked in water. was all I was doing. I, uh, I'm laughing because that's the exact same way I described mine. Yeah. I was just getting wet. It was nothing. It yeah. was absolutely nothing. And yeah. it wasn't a baptism. It was, it was just nothing. It was a, a day that I got dunked in water. Uh, my real baptism happened when I was converted in, in my twenties and thankful for that day that I was able to profess faith in Christ amongst peers. But uh, I do have a funny baptism story. Okay. So at Cedar point, the first person that I baptized was my son, Elijah. And 
So that was the first time we have a baptistry at church. And that was the first time it had filled up. I think it was six months after I've been there. And so he was my first one. It was in January of the year. And so I was getting ready to walk up into the baptistry and I hadn't done that before there at the church. So I didn't really know the, if it was going to be slick or the transition from carpet to steps, what that was going to be like for me. So I didn't wear any shoes. I just took my shoes off and went in. And I, when I came off of the carpet of the steps onto whatever the baptistry is made of that plastic or whatever, thank goodness I have a little bit of athletic ability left in me because both feet started to go up over my head and I was able to catch myself between the two walls because I almost did the nasty plunge into the baptistry there at the church. You almost got rebaptized again. Oh, it would have been, <laughs> I can't even imagine what that would have been like. It would have been, it would have been horrible. It would have been absolutely horrible. Oh yeah. That, uh, glad you <laughs> caught yourself. Did, uh, did, did Elijah see you do it? Like was he standing to the side watching? He was, of course, on the other side in a typical Baptist baptistry. You have two doors that come in, okay, <laughs> and he okay. was on the other side. And I can't remember if he was looking at me or if he was not. He had not came in yet, but everyone in the church saw it. It was a gasp, a great gasp. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I don't, I don't have a story to top that, other than the first church I was a pastor of. We did not have a baptistry, so we would have to borrow the church building down the street. And seems like one time we had like two or three people to baptize. And of course that was the time when their heater was broken. Mm. And so the water was, was freezing cold. No. Yeah. One of those churches I went to and it was absolutely freezing. So we yeah. just, we got in there and took care, care of business pretty quick and got yeah. out of there. I've done one of those. Have you ever done it in, in a Creek or anything like no, that? No, no. Oh, I, really? I, I hope I never have to creeks and rivers freak me out oh well i've done it i've done several and so i've seen pictures of you before i was a before i was pastoring a church the church i was at we would go to a creek it was called short creek you familiar with that short creek you're short i don't creek. know i don't know where it's at i've heard okay let's well, that shop full area and a lot of people probably maybe don't know where that is but the interesting thing about short creek it's the shortest creek in the world and it runs from so a it's cave. not just a clever name not just a clever name it is actually a short creek it goes from one cave to another cave. So it's always frigid. It's freezing. And it was always cold. But now recently, some of the kids at the church or the teenagers of the church, they were getting baptized and they said, hey, it's summer. Why don't we go down to the creek and get baptized? And I was like, ah, we have a nice temperature regulated baptistry here. Uh, but we did it and it was a great day. A lot of the people liked it because a lot of our older members were baptized in the same spot. So a little bit of nostalgia and it was a good day though. It was, it was fun. We had a good time with that. I want to ask you one more question. We'll close with this. All right. Okay. So I was told in Bible college, here's what I was told that the ordinances, the baptism and the Lord's supper are the dramatization of the gospel. So as we're thinking about the means of grace, of course, we have the reading of the word, the hearing of the word, we're hearing the gospel, we're praying the word, but the ordinances are us with our eyes seeing the gospel. So explain to us then how baptism is seeing the gospel. Well, I mean, it's that it's something that's done in public. It's a public profession. And Romans 6 shows that we are, we've died with Christ. We're buried with him. Um, so when a person is baptized, they're placed all the way in the water to show that picture of the gospel that Jesus died and was buried. And then when they're brought up out of the water, that's a picture of the resurrection and how we participate in the resurrection of Jesus were raised to walk in newness of life. Some people think, hey, baptism is washing my sins away and things like that. Well, not not necessarily. It's it's that picture of the gospel. So it's death, burial, resurrection. And, and that's one of the many reasons why things like sprinkling or pouring on someone doesn't fit the bill. Um, only complete immersion in water shows 
that picture of death, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. There we go. So good. So it is a picture of the gospel for us. And I always like, it's one of my favorite days at church when we are baptizing people because it is just a fresh reminder of what Christ has done for us on the cross, that he, he, he gave his life, he went in the grave, and he rose up out of the grave so that we could have life through him. It's a beautiful picture. And that's why we have to get it so right. That's why we have to make sure as pastors that we're handling that with reverence and not using it as a tool to inflate numbers or inflate our egos or anything like that. Absolutely. And, you know, baptism and you've hit on it earlier. It's not, it's not the way you get saved. It's something you do after you're saved. Uh, but I, I encourage anyone listening to look at the picture, the truth of baptism and understand the gospel with it. If you've never trusted in Jesus, trust in him, turn from sin, repent, believe, be baptized, start to follow after Jesus and uh, participate in that beautiful picture of the gospel. Thanks for listening to the Halfway There cast. Make sure to listen to us on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. And don't forget to follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Halfway There PC. And find us on Facebook. Give us a like.